today on CityCast Salt Lake. It's Friday, and there are a few things that we can't let go of this week. For Olivia Juarez, the Latinx community organizer at the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, it's the United Nations Climate Report. For disability advocate Shelby Hinsey, it's students walking out in protest of HB 11, the anti-trans sports bill. And for me, rattlesnakes. It's Friday, April 8th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Olivia and Shelby, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Happy Friday. We made it. It has been an eventful week for Utahns. I know we're going to explore some darkness and some light and talking about the things that we just can't stop thinking about this week. Um, Olivia, why don't you kick us off? What can't you let go of this week? I've been thinking a lot about the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change recent report that came out this week. Yeah, brutal. Um, I have a feeling it's not good, but do you want to give us a sense of what it means for Utah? Absolutely. It's a report about the different pathways that'll successfully lead to decreased greenhouse gas emissions and the absorption of carbon dioxide back into the earth. So while reading it and seeing the severity um, retold of how bad of a situation uh, the climate is in right now, it's also a report about what hope we have. And it says a lot of really good things about what can be done in Utah to guarantee thriving and healthy futures for us. So there's there's a little bit of despair, but there's also um, guidance on what we can do and how we can be successful. Are there a couple things in there that we should take note of? Yeah, there's three main things. Um, the first is obviously uh, an immediate halt to emitting greenhouse gases. What the report says is that we need to stop burning fossil fuels and digging or fracking them up. And what this means is ending oil or gas extraction on public land for the most part. Almost a quarter of all of the greenhouse gases coming from the United States of America come from the public trust, lands that are in the ownership of every single person living here. The report says that a rapid transition to solar energy is the number one most effective way to guarantee a healthy, thriving future. And so... Um, Utah's generally sunny climate makes every community across the state a really great place for solar energy, especially across western and southern Utah. So there's that. And then there's um, land conservation as well, which is another big one. And naturally, there's a lot of that going on in Utah. The BLM manages more than 22 million acres of public land in the state. 8.4 million acres of these arid landscapes are in their natural wild state. And, um, you know, they're actively sequestering carbon. Um, you know, interestingly, you might think of forests as you know, the, the bodies out there on earth that are giving us oxygen and putting carbon and turning it back into like soils and trees. Right. But it's even happening across like the most arid regions of Utah. Um, a scientific, uh, review done in 2020 showed that, um, the amount of organic carbon stored across Canyon country, um, in Utah is equivalent to more than 200,000 of the world's largest sequoia tree. Shelby, the last time you were on this show, we talked about climate anxiety. And uh, 
I doubt that anything's changed for you. It certainly hasn't changed for me. <laughs> um, but it's exciting to see a report with recommendations. Olivia, how confident are you in Utah's ability to carry these out? Ooh, I, <laughs> I mean, what, what I will say that I'm confident in is what can happen when people speak up. Um, the, the last really important thing about this report is that we need to act now. Like right now is a, it, it's now or never to take these actions with solar and, uh, protecting nature, uh, getting to protecting 30% of land and water by 2030. Everything that the UN has told us is going to happen in terms of, uh, you know, climate disasters has already happened. But the thing is, they're happening faster than the models have shown. And so we need to act now. We need to act rapidly. And the only way that the state of Utah, the federal government is going to respond with that kind of urgency is when constituents are contacting their senators and house members. I feel like we've really made the transition from living in a world where predictions are being made about this climate crisis to just like being in it. Like we are in the soup. This spring is wild. We talked to Craig Gordon from the Utah Avalanche Center on this show a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about like the modeling and the forecasting of avalanches. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, we know how an avalanche works, but like, yeah, what we've kind of done to this planet like the models can't really keep up with to your point i don't know yeah there there are entire communities who are experiencing this every day like i was speaking uh at a university of utah um class giving a presentation and i was talking about the natural gas um electricity plant um down there off of north temple and uh, someone said to me in that classroom, my friend has a house right there. And when you go outside, your eyes burn. Just, <laughs> you know, for, it, it's like right there on the border of this plant. And so there there are certainly people um, and it's and it's by small, not a small minority of people, but a, a pretty good amount of Utah's populations that are experiencing what it means to have your your daily life and your daily health diminished by extractive industry um and so there's there's just incredible power in these people's voices to uh convince people like senator romney that it, it matters when we imagine and create futures uh, with thriving economies and and thriving life-giving industries rather than the ones that you know suck our life away and i also want to say all of these activities and there are other symptoms of an extractive economy that every single one of us sees every day and we're so used to that we're we can't recognize it anymore i-15 i-80 the way that our communities are built to be completely dependent on cars makes us a very oil dependent um, society. And we don't have to live like that. It doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, Shelby, what's what can't you let go of this week? I would love to hear your guys' opinion on this as well. Like the thing that I just keep thinking about this week is like the kids are all right. Um, 
I specifically um, brought on by the the walkout at West High. Um, and then I was thinking about like um, the BYU Black Menaces and their TikTok mm-hmm. channel that has really picked up um, and it's gaining like national attention. Um, and I've just been thinking a lot about like, what would I have done in high school? And, and just how different this generation is. And they scare the crap out of me. And I love it. But I also don't know that I would have participated in a walkout, even if I had believed in it. I don't know. And and so I have just been really interested in this idea of, um, you know, teenagers using and using TikTok. People think of it as such just like a, you know, it's just for silly dances. Every adult that I talk to is like, Oh, yeah, it's just for, like, making jokes and stuff. I'm like, no, I've worked a lot on TikTok. Yeah, um, and, and using it as a platform to, like, disseminate really good information in a really relatable way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, just good job on the kids. I'm yeah. just happy for the kids. And I hope they let me, like, help, like, be one of them. I don't know. And inspire me to be one of them. I personally cannot wait for Gen Z to be in power. They are children of the earth. They absolutely terrify me in all the right ways. Um, I think they take no prisoners. They are unapologetic. Every time we have a high schooler on this show, I am rattled with nerves because I'm like, they are so all over it and they can sniff out bullshit and they're not interested in that. And I mean, when I saw about the walkout at West, I was at the very moment that I um, read that I was in a space where I was really disappointed to see that outdoor retailer didn't seem very concerned about HB 11. They're still happy to come back to Salt Lake and made very little comment about it. Um, Now the NBA All-Star Game, which for a while I think a lot of people hoped would be pulling some strings to, you know, rewind this bad legislation, which targets trans kids. And um, the NBA All-Star Games now has said, you know, we don't love it, but we're still on our way back to Salt Lake and business as usual here. And so seeing students walk out and refuse to accept this is such an important part of, I think, A, healing and B, um, raising the kind of hell that needs to be raised. Right. Yeah. And I I think, you know, it's and I really I really admire as well their ability to just do what they can as well like I get so discouraged so often of like you know I am not in a position of power I you know I have a relative amount of influence but I don't I'm not making those decisions and so it's really easy to just be like well you know the legislature is going to legislate and they're going to do what they're going to do um but to say you know what we're going to still we're going to do everything we have power to, to, to show where we stand on this and that, you know, we're, we're coming for you. You know, when I think about how Gen Z, you know, how these kids are, who they are, 
What I see is a generation of people who recognize the sacredness and the preciousness of life more than any of us like living on planet Earth in recent generations have ever like, you know, this West High walkout was about the lives of trans kids. Um, youth have been organizing around the climate crisis because it's their lives, it's their futures. They've been organizing around, um, you know, like guns in schools and guns in our communities because it's their lives and the lives of their uh, their friends, their teachers. Um, you know, these, these students are incredibly, uh, you know, uh, skillful at organizing themselves and, you know, telling these stories about how, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to better say it than it's just like their lives. It's more than their happiness or their quality, but literally life or death, especially considering, um, you know, the health impacts of having an unhealthy like climate disaster future, um, the rates of like bad mental health and suicide for uh, youths whose identities aren't recognized and respected. Um and then, of course, like your chances of getting shot in math class, for example, with gun violence in America. Um, so it's we have a lot to, to learn from them ab about uh, recognizing just, you know, how much it means to be living. And we should be inspired like that. They're willing to, you know, walk out of school and do the right thing for our community members. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope they keep doing it. And I'm just like, how old do you have to be to run for office again? Like, I'm just ready for a government of like 17 year olds that is like ruling this planet. I'm so over adults. You only have to be 18 to run for city council. Hell yeah. Here we go. You know, what we're seeing is a large takeover of um, school boards and county councils and city councils. Um, and and the strategy is to uh, infiltrate those. And and we've always known that the government closest to the people has the most impact on their daily lives. Mm -hmm. So if we can get and encourage those young people to, you know, you graduate and then you go say, I'm going to run for school board. Like, mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. And I will support you. Completely. I worked in political and voting rights advocacy for a long time before doing this show. And one of the things that we always used to say is when you fill out your ballot, start at the bottom. Don't start at the top and work your way down. Start at the bottom and work your way up. Because if you leave president blank, but vote for judges, school board, auditors, clerks, like that is actually where the magic happens. Ideally, fill the whole damn thing out, right? But like start at the bottom and research those the most because I think people also get ballot fatigue. So they're like, okay, I know who I'm voting for for like president and Senate. And then they're like, I have to look up one more judge. Like I can't, I've been sitting here an hour. And so it's like, start with the labor intensive local stuff and work your way up. And I think if we did more of that, I think we would actually see really different local governance because we know some of these races that are won and lost by like a thousand votes, it's truly, if you compare the numbers to who's voting for senator, it's, it's the, those are the thousands. They're right there. Like it's right there. That's the space where, you know, people are losing at the local level is just fatigue. It's just apathy. 
And and I think that's a big reason why a lot of people don't want vote by mail either, because they don't want you to have those resources readily available and to be able to start it and come back to it. And and really, you know, you're in the booth and you've got to just pick somebody. Um, and so when you're but when you're home, you can take your time and you can look things up and yep. make a night of it. You can call your friend and be like, hey, I know you know more about this than I do. What are you doing? And vote by mail is the best. Long live vote by mail. Long live Gen Z. The thing that I can't let go of this week, I will ask your patience because it's very specific and kind of ridiculous, but I am terrified of rattlesnakes. Oh, gosh. No. (laughs) Nope. Yep. Well, shall we buckle up? So they are they are something that really instill fear in me. And um, with this warmer weather, of course, they are also confused by the season and rattlesnakes like heat and the warmer weather means more rattlesnakes in and around Salt Lake. And the thing about rattlesnakes, Shelby, just a couple more minutes, I promise. The thing about rattlesnakes is that they camouflage. And so you might be walking past one and not even knowing that you are. But something I learned recently is that rattlesnakes are protected under Utah law. So it is illegal to kill them. It's illegal to harass them. It's actually a class B misdemeanor to kill a rattlesnake. And that's because they're a really important part of Utah's ecosystem and they help keep our rodent population in check. Um, I know. I know. So so there were some tips that were shared with me this week on what to do if you see a rattlesnake. And I would like to share them with both of you and everyone listening, which is, okay, first, you could predict this. Stay calm. Don't panic. You want to stay at least five feet from a rattlesnake and you want to be sure to give it plenty of space. Actually, like if you throw things at them or if you approach them, they tend to respond by moving towards like the person doing the throwing. They are pretty fearless in that sense. But generally, they like I think similar to every other kind of creature that you're like scared of. They really don't want to deal with you. They'd prefer not to. So don't try and kill a snake. It could increase the odds that they'll bite you. Just give them the space. Tell everyone on the trail or wherever you are, like, hey, snake alert, snake alert. Keep your dog on a leash, of course. Keep them out of it. And if you hear a rattle, this is the toughest one for me. If you hear a rattle, like do not jump because you don't know where it is, even though my instinct is to fully fly like three feet in the air. Just like, be still, go still. So I thought these were really helpful. Have either of you ever had a rattlesnake encounter? No, and I don't plan on it. (laughs) My tip for avoiding rattlesnakes is staying inside. And that's (laughs) what I do. I'm a person who's out with my dogs all of the time on trails. And that's the number one thing that worries me is how my dogs are going to react. And they are certainly not rattlesnake or any kind of snake trained dogs which there there are training courses for um but i yeah yeah you you can uh put your dog through rattlesnake or any snake safety specific training so that they also don't jump and attack (laughs) a a slithering snake (laughs) oh that's very good One of the other things that I looked into is how to keep them out of your yard. Apparently, one of the main things that draws them is bird feeders, which 
I know this is devastating news for bird watchers everywhere because there's nothing sweeter than having a bird feeder to just stare at all day. But um, the other thing is other harmless species of snakes scare away rattlesnakes like they don't really like to mix and mingle. And so if you see like a gopher snake or a black snake or just a chill snake, just leave it. Leave it in your yard because it's actually your little sort of like security guard for um for your backyard. I think that's so. the worst thing you could say to me right now. <laughs> I personally would feel so blessed to see a garter snake or the black snake in my yard. Yeah. I feel like I made it. That's right. <laughs> I, I I am just not a snake person. I know they're important and I I know I know that it's it's good, but man, I can handle just about everything. Snakes are just no if I see one like on my Instagram feed or like in Twitter, I'm like, why did you put this in my good Christian feed? Like, I don't want to see this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think phobia of like snakes and spiders and all that stuff is very acute. So I promise to respect your boundaries, Shelby. I won't invite you on to talk about snakes ever again. Thank you. I, I can talk. I can talk about how much I hate them. That's fine. And then Olivia can come on to tell me how good they are. and. And we'll have a good balanced conversation. That's right. That's right. All right. We are headed into the weekend here. And I'm curious to end on a bit of a high note, even though I feel like we kind of got there. Um, Olivia, what are you looking forward to this weekend? I am looking forward to the snow. I'm looking forward to more water being uh, brought into our mountains. So fingers are crossed for that. Uh, But I'm really looking forward to our listeners being so inspired by listening to this episode today and going to Senator Romney's website and sending him a quick message that says, hey, we need to protect our public lands to protect our future. They really mean a lot to us. Thank you. (laughs) I'll give him a call. I have his number saved. I always just get a kick out of every time I call his office line, my phone saying that I'm calling like Senator Romney. So, yep, we've got our orders. Are you nervous when you call? I don't get nervous. Although one day if it rings and it says Senator Romney, then I think I might be a little anxious. <laughs> Shelby, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Um, speaking of Gen Gen Z, I'm going to the Olivia Rodrigo concert. <gasps> and I am so excited. Um, I am having like an existential crisis of what to wear as an almost 30-year-old adult. Yeah to Mm -hmm. this concert with a bunch of teenagers and wanting to like fit in Mm because like I said they're so cool and I so that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is Mm -hmm. what I'm going to wear to this concert which is very uh not important but I'm excited so it's yeah it's gonna be fun yeah and I'm going I'm going with an internet friend that I've never met in real life too fun i I think Olivia Rodrigo would be into that. Um, all right. I'll tell you what I'm going to do this weekend, which is I'm going to finally go see the whale at 9th and 9th. It has, there's so much commotion. There's so much debate. I haven't driven by it or seen it yet. So I'm going to just kind of make really a morning of it, maybe get some pie fight, go stand out there, stare at the whale and decide how I feel about it. Because every day I'm more confused about how I should feel about the whale. Um, But I want to see it for myself. I'll be very interested to see what you think, because I 
yeah, I'm like, I can't make an opinion either. So mm. I just don't, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm so excited. Whales are something that we should be reminded to care about. Like <laughs> I, I grew up in Twila. I've been born in Utah. Like I'm not a person who's like really well connected with the ocean, but it's like whales are just amazing creatures and the ocean is like, it's life, right? So it's like, why not? That, that roundabout is awesome. Like that's another opinion that I have. I love how they redesigned that intersection. And I, before I've even seen the whale in real life, I will say I love it. <laughs> I really enjoyed spending this time with both of you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. This has been fun. That's all for us today here on City Gas Salt Lake. In case you lost it, Senator Mitt Romney's phone number is 801-524-4380. CityCast Salt Lake's lead producer is Nick Steffens, and our producer is Diane Majapinto. Our newsletter editor is Madeline McGill, and our host is me, Ali Bayarta. Music is by Mitochondria. Take good care of yourself this weekend. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.